Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doctor, you gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod. I have some big updates on some key players who have gone on IR, but I'll touch on those at the end. First, let's dive into injuries for week six. At quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he's dealing with a deep rotator cuff contusion. He is listed as out for week six. Now, it has been speculated that his injury could take another couple weeks as apparently he's still dealing with pain and swelling and difficulty throwing. Now, he's already missed two weeks. This happened in week four. They had the week five bye, and now he's missing week six, so that's two weeks there. If this truly is a deep, deep contusion, now contusion by definition is a a bruise, like a deep muscle bruise, but if it's this bad, my speculation, purely, purely speculation here on my part, I'm curious if he actually has a little tear in his rotator cuff, which would be more problematic. Now, I think we would hear that over the next couple of weeks, such as if he attempts to throw, if he attempts to get back into practice and he's struggling, if he's still having pain, swelling, and the team just notices, you know, okay, this guy is struggling to get back out onto the field and make his throws. We could hear eventually that he needs surgery. As of right now, again, that's all pure speculation on my part. Assume that it's just a deep contusion, deep swelling that needs a couple more weeks to heal. So it sounds like he's going to miss another couple weeks. Kind of a bummer for these Browns pass catchers, particularly Amari Cooper. We're going to have to rely on uh, P.J. Walker to be his quarterback and sling him the ball. I I don't know how to project these guys uh, out of this whole team. I think Jerome Ford is likely to just get a ton of volume you know, in rushes and in receptions, if he's getting dump offs, I just don't know how else to project some of these guys. Derek Carr, he is fully off the injury report. I wanted to touch on him because every week that he is further and further away from his right EC sprain, I would expect more improvement in his intermediate to deep throwing efficiency and accuracy, which should be a big boost to Chris Olave. And I'll touch on Olave here in a bit when I get to wide receivers, but I do expect a better game this week. Daniel Jones, he is listed as out with a neck injury. Again, he suffered a neck injury that he told reporters felt similar to his injury back in 2021 that required off-season surgery. Sounded like a disc herniation. So let's keep a close eye on this one. It sounds like he told reporters that it's just sore, but the risk is if there's another disc herniation, this could be a multi-week to out for the rest of the season type of injury, especially if the... Well, one, we this part I don't know how to project is... What if Tyra Taylor goes out there and plays a quarterback and does better than Daniel Jones, especially if he's able to evade more sacks, get the ball out faster, get the ball out to his receivers? 
the, the Giants just have not been playing well. So we'll have to see how Tyler Taylor plays. Uh, hopefully he peppers Darren Waller, but again, it remains to be seen. I think the O-line is a little healthier. I meant to check on that, but uh, I think Andrew Thomas might be back. But again, just we don't know how to project Daniel Jones. It all depends on these next couple weeks if his neck does get better or not. So uh, keep an eye on those reports. As of now, they've leaked minimal information, and it did sound like they're somewhat optimistic that he's able to get back to practice next week. But again, it sounds like they're taking it week to week. Justin Herbert, he had that left finger injury fracture right before their bye. He is fully off the injury report, full go. I have no concerns. This was on his left hand. If anything, maybe he struggles a little bit with taking some snaps or fumbles the ball once or twice. Uh, but but throwing efficiency, I don't think this will be a problem. In fact, I do project the Chargers to play significantly better than week four, just having made some adjustments during the bye week and getting, especially after losing Mike Williams, getting Joshua Palmer and Quentin Johnson more involved in the offense. Running back, uh, Saquon Barkley, first one here, he is reported to be optimistic, um, uh, sorry, reported optimism that Saquon suits up for this week. But based on how he was moving, I personally have less optimism. I know this was reported in ESPN+. Plus. But uh, based on some some of the movement patterns I saw in videos, he doesn't look 100% yet, especially without Daniel Jones out there with the state of the offensive line, knowing that he also doesn't have a contract extension. I don't anticipate Saquon rushing back out there, especially behind an O-line that's really shaky and could lead to further injury. So I personally don't think he's going to suit up this week. Just keep a close eye on it. The downside is they, they play late. Uh, my gut is he sits, so I probably would lean towards another option, and I think he'll return the following week. Jameer Gibbs, he's listed as out for the second week with a hamstring injury. If you need another running back flyer, Craig Reynolds could pay off. Uh, he he kind of needs a touchdown to pay off, though. That's more of a desperation play. But Gibbs, I do expect to be out there next week. It sounded like he was pretty close this week. Uh, just expect a big David Montgomery week again. Miles Sanders, he's been listed as out with a shoulder injury. I do believe Carolina was being somewhat cautious with him. Uh, he, you know, he had stacked up some groin injury, a groin injury and a shoulder injury now, and just getting banged up every every game. And Carolina's bye is next week. So I think that's why they held him out this week, just get him fully healthy for week eight. So I would expect a, a big game for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, probably, you know, projecting Chuba Hubbard to be a running back too with upside in a shootout potential. Bryce Young is is getting his running backs a decent amount of targets. And then Chuba, I would expect to, to take majority of the running back workload, rush attempts, targets, and uh, have a decent chance of scoring. So if you need a running back two, Chuba Hubbard could be a good bet. DFS, he was pretty cheap too. Tony Pollard, he was dealing with a shoulder injury in practice. He's fully off the injury report, full good to go. I don't have any concerns here. I know there's some of the concerns on efficiency, his play, in, he's had a couple tough matchups. I do think he's going to bounce back in a big way this week. Uh, it should be a better week for him. J and and plus, if you have Tony Pollard, you're not benching him. You know he's one of the few big volume upside plays. Jeff Wilson, he is listed as out. Uh, Dolphins deemed him not quite ready to be activated off of IR yet. It should be a big Raheem Mostert game. This week, uh, Salvon Ahmed or Chris Brooks probably take some breather snaps and touches, but I wouldn't want to play either of them in fantasy. 
but Raheem Mostert should be a, a pretty solid play this week. And it sounds like Jeff Wilson Jr. will be close to return for next week off of IR. Chicago running backs, Khalil Herbert has been placed on IR, so he will miss the next four weeks with a chance to return week 10. Um, I don't remember. I think Chicago's bye is week 13, so probably close to a week 10 return for Khalil Herbert. Downside here is Roshan Johnson, who probably would have gotten majority of the workload if he was healthy. He is also out with a concussion. I do expect Roshan Johnson to be able to return for next week. But for this week alone, big bump to Deontay Foreman. He should get the majority of touches. I, I believe it's uh, Foreman and Darianton, Darianton Evans as the only running backs on Chicago this week. So Foreman is a volume-based running back too. Hope to hope to get a touchdown there. Probably doesn't get too many uh, receptions there. Uh, but yeah, I, I would expect Roshan back next week and I saw some beat writers, Chicago beat writers, talking about it. Once Roshan is back, he's expected to get majority of the workload. Austin Eckler, he's coming off that ankle injury. He, you know, Chargers were very cautious with him, held him out of week four, got him through week five by. He's a full go, no concerns on his workload. I know some people have said his efficiency is going to be less, his volume is going to be less, that you should sell him. Uh, he's not going to be his elite self. I, I don't, I don't hold that, um, that perspective on Eckler he's going to be a high upside play an elite running back one upon returning this week so I sh- I don't have any concerns there especially with re-injury risk the Chargers were very cautious with him and Eckler is one of those kind of guys who he knows his body really well he knows how to take care of himself those kind of players when they have that back that backstory you know the just they know how to work out they know how to rehab they know when their body is ready I when they're back on the field I, I have pretty low concern on their re-injury risk. So that's kind of where I throw the data out on those guys. Keontae Ingram, he's coming off a neck injury. He is fully off the injury report, expected to play. But here I would lean, you know, Keontae Ingram is not a good running back. He's just terrible. Uh, I I would lean Amari Demarcado here, mostly because he has a higher upside for PPR. He's going to have that passing down work that Ingram likely won't have. I could see Ingram being kind of kind of like a pre-injury for the first couple of weeks, Justice Hill, where he's getting, you know, 10 rush attempts, 20 yards, and a touchdown maybe. If he gets like a one or two yard goal line touchdown. But Amari De- DeMicardo probably winds up the better PPR option here if you're leaning, if you're trying to pick between the two. Keaton Mitchell, he is more of a stash to, to consider. He has been activated off of IR. If you don't know who Keaton Mitchell is, he was a preseason stud who flashed. He's a rookie on Baltimore. And especially considering Baltimore only has Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, uh, they have another they have another running back who I can't even remember. I think they actually cut him. But Keaton Mitchell should slide in there. And Baltimore actually really liked him in preseason. But again, his skill set coincides with Pretty, pretty well with Justice Hills. So I don't really expect much from Mitchell unless Justice Hill gets hurt, which he does have his own injury history here. So Mitchell is more so one of those, consider stashing him. If he's on your if he's on your waivers because he was placed on IR, people probably dropped him. Consider stashing him just in case. Um, you know, the, the Ravens backfield should be led by Gus Edwards and Justice Hill for now. The, the only downside here, while he might be a, an intriguing stash, um, he, he's very, very explosive. He, he's kind of like Jaleel McLaughlin in Denver. He's very explosive, and the shoulder injury that he's coming off of shouldn't limit him. The downside, though, is the Ravens have been rumored pretty consistently 
for potentially trading for a stud running back before the trade deadline. So if they do that, Keaton Mitchell is pretty much dead value. But again, you might as well stash. As Scott Connor often says, any running back on 53 uh, worth a stash. You never know, especially with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill's injury history. At wide receiver, Mike Evans. So transition to wide receivers here. Mike Evans is fully off the injury report. He is good to go coming off that hamstring strain. He suffered it and and was dealing with it during the bye week. He didn't get too much work. He wound up getting a limited practice in Thursday, full practice Friday, off the injury report. He's had a long history of hamstring injuries that he's played through and missed minimal time and winds up still playing well. So, I, again, this is one of those guys that I'm actually going to throw the data out. I know a lot of people are throwing around, well, he's 30 years old. He's, you know, re-injury risk increases by double up to 25, 30% re-injury risk. Well, okay, so that's 70, 75% that he doesn't get re-injured. And when he's active, when he's on the field, he has a 32% first read share and an absurdly elite 46% air yard share from Baker Mayfield. I think I'll take that gamble there, um, especially when, He's getting these high-value targets. The only downside here, especially coming off a hamstring injury, is running deep routes. When you're getting a long stride in, you're putting more stress in the hamstring. So, yes, there's a re-injury risk here. Given his role and given what he knows he has to do, I don't think he would play if he felt any hesitation or any lingering effect from his hamstring. So, me personally, I'm playing Mike Evans. I don't think he's going to be a decoy out there. I think he's going to return to this high-value role and get these targets from Baker Mayfield. Uh, So I think you should play him this week. Now, T. Higgins, on the other hand, so he is coming off that rib fracture. He is a game-time decision. He got a full practice in, full participation in on Friday, which is optimistic. However, the one variable, which I may be overthinking this, I'll admit, I may be overthinking this, but Cincinnati has a bye week uh, next week. So week seven bye. So if Higgins goes out there, and, and I, you know, a variable here that is likely probably changing my perspective a little bit is the fact that we've seen Higgins go out there before and be a decoy and wind up with, you know, zero to two catches and barely puts up any points. So I do think there's risk that he's on limited touches, limited routes, limited snaps this week, especially considering Cincinnati is typically very conservative with en- with injuries aside from Joe Burrow, obviously. Um, but considering all these variables and the fact that they have a bye week next week, I think they're going to be cautious with T Higgins. So I would exercise caution if you're considering starting him. If you have a good pivot, play the pivot. Uh, If you don't, then just pray that he gets enough targets, gets enough volume. I just think this is going to be another big Jamar Chase game and Higgins is going to be more of a decoy. Amon Ross St. Brown, he is fully off the injury report. No concerns about production here. Given some of the reports that have come out, given the what we've heard about what he's doing in practice, especially full full speed sprinting, change of direction, all of that, it was listed as an abdominal injury. And I know there was some speculation that, ah, is this a sports hernia injury? What is this? I do believe it was more just an abdominal muscle strain injury. And if that's the case, the re-injury risk is very low. And the production dip is extremely low. It's like 5%. And given his role, I don't think there's going to be much concern here. So I am expecting Amon Ross St. Brown to be full go, prior injury, elite production. So don't have any concerns about playing him. 
Traylon Burks, he's listed out again. Again, this one, I've talked on him each week. He's just, he's week to week. And to be honest, once he does play, I, I don't want to start him, especially given how much time he's missed, how Tennessee looks. The only wide receiver I'd want to start out of Tennessee, probably for the next four to six weeks, is DeAndre Hopkins. If Traylon Burks goes out there over the next two to three weeks and has a big game, you should probably sell and just get out before he has this left knee. He, this left knee is going to be a problem long term. So I would re- strongly recommend getting out if he has a big game. Zay Jones, he's listed as out again. Thankfully, they didn't try to rush him back as he deals with this persistent knee injury. He suffered in the knee injury in week two, attempted to come back, re-injured it in week two, missed the next two weeks, came out there, uh, I think it was week four or week five, re-injured his knee. Now he's out again. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get surgery. It sounds like he's going to try to play through it throughout the season. I, I think he's going to just deal with these re-injuries throughout the season as he goes. But for this week alone, at least, this should be a big boost to Christian Kirk. I've seen some takes out there saying avoid Christian Kirk. Week one, they played the Colts, and he put up a dud. I think he only had he had less than two points. But again, consider the context. Christian Kirk in week one, Zay Jones was out there, and Christian Kirk wasn't running all those routes, and Zay Jones was getting some targets that Kirk would have gotten. So I am playing Christian Kirk. This is a very soft matchup against the Colts. Uh, Calvin Ridley is probably still the stud there. He's getting most of the first read percentage targets uh, from Trevor Lawrence. But Christian Kirk, I do like him, at least as a wide receiver three, wide receiver two upside. Jordan Addison, he was dealing with an ankle injury throughout the week. Uh, came out of last game, week five, a little banged up. He is fully, He has been fully removed from the injury report, full good to go. He has a great matchup. The one concern here, Chicago's DBs are a little more physical, and Jordan Addison Many have talked about how he struggles a little more with press coverage. Uh, I think Matt Harmon has talked about that a decent amount. So I'm hoping that he has, I'm hoping Kevin O'Connell, and it sounds like they're going to do this, but I'm hoping Kevin O'Connell has a good plan to get Jordan Addison the ball, get the ball in his hands, set him up for success, have him run routes where he can avoid press coverage, avoid some of these more physical plays, and just get him out in space and get him the ball. They're going to need him. Kirk Cousins is going to need to trust Jordan Addison with Justin Jefferson out. And in fact, Jefferson out leaves a 35% first read volume, first read target share. Um, So hopefully most of this goes to Jordan Addison. KJ Osborne has been one of the worst receiving, has, has one of the worst receiving grades out there. He's, he's near bottom of the list in PFF. Grant, I know how many of you feel about PFF. I probably share those sentiments, but Again, these grades are pretty bad for Osborne. So my hope here is that Jordan Addison gets a big boost. Probably TJ Hawkinson likely gets a a very big boost with Jefferson out. Uh, But Jordan Addison is really going to need to step up, and this could be his big, big breakout game. Marquise Brown, he's dealing with an illness. He's listed as questionable, but the hope is he plays. As long as we get that report saying he is expected to play, I think you play him. Josh Dobbs has been targeting Marquise Brown as his main guy. Uh, He has a 30% first read share and a 40% air yard share. These targets that he's getting are high value. So even if he's slightly limited, when when I see a 30% first read share, 40% air yard share, even if a guy is slightly limited on that, to me, that kind of player who's getting those high value targets, 
he has a higher floor than than someone else who's sick or dealing with a minor injury where their production dip would be greater than what I think Marquise Brown's will. So as long as Marquise Brown is active, you play him. Chris Olave, he's dealing with a toe injury or was. He has actually fully been removed from the injury report. I don't expect any limitations here. He actually, you know, some people were, were worried. Actually, I was a little worried after seeing some video uh, of him pregame last game, he just seemed to be favoring his foot, his toe. It seems like it, it sounds like it's just a little. It was a little strain uh, or sprain. So he he actually led the Saints in routes run last game. So obviously the toe wasn't limiting him. He just the the last week was a little rough with the matchup, and then Carr's shoulder wasn't fully healthy. Now this is another week out from Derek Carr's injury. He should be better. Chris Olave was fully removed from the injury report. I think I'd be a little more concerned on his production this week if he was still limited there, but he's not. So paired all of that with the Texans matchup, I think this is going to be a big Olave bounce back. So I would strongly consider if, if you, if you have been out of hesitation, keeping him on your bench for some other upside play, I, I think you need to get Olave back in there. He should produce like he did week one, week two Hot, wide receiver two with upside. At tight end, Darren Waller, there's not many tight end updates here, but Darren Waller, he's dealing with a groin injury. He is questionable to play, but has said since midweek that he expects to play. I do expect him to suit up. I, I'm more optimistic that Waller suits up than Barkley does. And and again, if I'm playing in fantasy, I'm, I'm kind of just praying that Tyrod Taylor peppers Waller with targets. Uh, Tyrod's first target last game when he came in before he just got absolutely obliterated by I can't. I think they were playing Seattle. I can't even remember who they were playing, but that defense just was all over Tyler Taylor once he got back into the game. Uh, but his first target did go to Darren Waller. So maybe that continues. We pray that continues. We pray that if Waller plays, there's no re-injury here. Obviously, he's he's got the age thing going for him. He's been struggling with drops. He's been struggling to play physical against some of these corners that he's that he's dealing with in coverage. Uh, we just have to hope that. You know, it sounds like the hamstring is behind him. This groin injury popped up. Hopefully this doesn't limit him, and hopefully he doesn't get a re-injury in game. But again, given his, given how many routes he runs, given how many targets he's projected to get, there really aren't that many other high-end upside plays at tight end to play over Waller. So just if you have a good, good, uh, good backup option, consider it, but otherwise play Waller. David Njoku, he's dealing with face and hand burns. He is questionable. This was absolutely amazing. I, I'm, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of him that he posted, which hit, that story is pretty cool. I'll talk about that in a minute. But absolutely amazing that he was even able to suit up and play two days after this incident. So someone asked him, hey, why did you post the picture of it? His face is just completely burned. He's dealing with significant burns. And I, I spent some time in, in wound care, especially in, in a trauma center where we dealt with burns. I'm a little surprised that he they're even considering playing him at this point. Those are significant burns that he needs treatment for. And the, the reason why, you know, many will probably say, well, he suited up. He played two days after the injury. Why wouldn't he play this game after their bye? As burns are healing, they become more and more painful, especially to friction. So think about putting your, your gear on, your pads, very restricted, tight, the helmet. If you've ever worn those, if you haven't, you don't really, you don't really know how much. I mean, it is restrictive. And, and the, the amount of friction on your skin, go, go look at the picture of David Njoku. Um, just obviously 
if you're a little more sensitive to that, maybe don't. But yeah, the, I, I'll be a little surprised if he suits up. It, words can't describe. You can hear me kind of uh, stumbling over this just because I'm, I have the image of his face. And then his right hand was in a cast. I, I just, I'll, I'll be very surprised if he suits up. And if he does, man, his mentality is just, he is a tough guy. He is a tough dude. So if he does suit up, the the downside for fantasy is, again, Deshaun Watson's out. I have no idea what to project for P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker is facing a very tough defense in the Niners. The Browns also have multiple offensive linemen out, so they're missing, I, I believe, two or three starters, um, including Joel Bitonio, uh, who just had surgery on his knee. So I, I just don't know, for fantasy purposes, if you even want to touch this for this week, just given the matchup. But yeah, just keep an eye on that for David Njoku. Absolutely amazing. Oh, and the story, I just want to talk on that because I, I have a little place in my heart for for victims who are dealing with burns. Someone asked him, why did you post the picture of your face You know that's burned? And he, he brought up the fact that he's gotten a lot of messages from people saying, um, you know, they, they are looking up to him because it's hard... If you've talked to a victim who've gone who've gone through burns and suffered burns, it's it's hard to show their face. It's hard to show. It's embarrassing, and and, and it, there can be a lot of shame in that of showing that to other people and, and being ashamed of how they look and how they're presented. and And there shouldn't be there shouldn't be any shame in that. So it was really cool to see David Njoku post that and and kind of stand up for a lot of people who are healing from burns or have scars from burns and just, Hey, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to look the way you are. It's just, it's, it's how it's going to be. And, you know, people will love you and and support you and be next to you, uh, you know, along that journey. So that was really cool to see. Anyways, Sam Laporta, uh, getting back to injuries here. He's dealing with a calf injury. He's listed as questionable. He was able to get a limited participation in on Friday after it did not participate on Thursday. That's when we all panicked and freaked out a little bit. Sounds like it was a little tweak that occurred on Sunday in-game that acted up on Thursday. So I, I, I really don't know what to project here for Laporta. I, there's a part of me, my gut is the Lions. You know, we're really going to find out how conservative the Lions are with injuries and with him, their, their young stud rookie tight end. I lean, my gut leans towards they're going to sit him, but we'll just have to find out. Um, There is some re-injury risk if he does suit up, about 20-25% re-injury risk. The problem is tight end is very thin, so like if you have an option like uh, Logan Thomas or Gerald Everett or Jake Ferguson, Cole Komet, you know, someone who you you can project is at least getting some high-value targets in the red zone and all that, consider playing them over Laporta if he's active, but again... If Laporta, his usage in in this receiving game, his usage indicates that even if he's limited, they're going to use him in high-value targets and high-value situations like getting third downs, getting goal line work. Uh, I, I do like that at least upside for if he's on limited snaps. So you have to have a pretty strong pivot, in my opinion, to sit Sam Laporta. So just kind of sort through that. And if you need to just ask... It's, a, it's always easier when you ask questions of, well, should I, should I play Laporta or this guy? A uh, little, little more challenging of me just sitting here kind of guessing, you know, of, well, okay, Logan Thomas. You know, Logan Thomas has one of the best matchups in Atlanta. He's getting targets. But again, 
Sam Howell spreads it out so much. Jake Ferguson's getting a ton of targets. He's often getting uh, first read from from Dak Prescott. Cole Komet's getting getting high value targets. So it's kind of hard to sit here guessing. Well, you should play this guy or you know Laporta. So feel free to ask on Twitter or X. All right, that covers all main injuries this week. If you have any questions, please reach out. Actually, I did want to touch on um, that's that's it for this week's injuries. But IR, so um, Justin Jefferson, a report that just came out stating the Vikings are bracing for four to six weeks. Now, Jefferson's without a doubt missing four four games, so up to week nine uh, missing because he's on IR. He's been placed on IR. Now, it sounds like the Vikings in three to four weeks are going to re-image his hamstring to determine how much it is healed. It, it sounds like he's dealing with at least a moderate grade, which fits the timeline. Grade two, uh, someone someone posted there's a grade one and a half strain, basically a, a cop out of you know stating like a moderate grade. A grade one truly is like less than five percent of fibers. A grade two is around fifty percent. So essentially, could be anywhere between twenty five percent to seventy five percent fibers. We don't know the extent. We don't know that level of, of injury intel because they haven't released it. But the timeline will tell us a lot. So if he gets imaging week three, week four from this injury, so it would be around week eight, week nine, if he gets imaging and they say, ah, it's going to be another couple weeks, most likely it was a grade two closer to 75%, which would actually place him between like grade two, grade three. Um, it, it doesn't sound like they're considering surgery at all, which is good. So I, I do expect, I, I do think there's a decent chance, like like Jerry Judy missed about three and a half weeks. He didn't miss games because it happened in preseason. He missed, I think, one game or two games. Um, but he came back three and a half weeks from a moderate grade. Deontay Johnson, by the time he returns, I'm going to touch on him in a second, but by the time he returns, he'll be out five weeks, including a bye week, uh, before he's fully good going. It sounds like he could have played this week if they had a game. So the timeline fits where... His floor could very well be four, four, four games missed, and he winds up being able to play week 10 when he's eligible to come off IR. There's the risk, though, that, again, if he gets imaging and it shows that healing hasn't fully occurred, they're not going to rush him back. Even No matter what their record is, they're not going to rush him back, and he's probably not going to rush back. Uh, again, multiple variables depending on Vikings' record, but also depending on the fact that he has not gotten a contract extension you know, if he re-injures his hamstring, he could make it worse. He could make it a grade three. He could wind up needing surgery. So I don't anticipate him rushing back in any sense. So there is the risk that maybe he doesn't come back until week 11, week 12. The Vikings don't have a buy until week 13. So yeah, there is risk that maybe he doesn't come back until week 14. So just be cautious. If you're trading for him, you may not, the downside for trading for him is the fact that what you would have to give up would likely help get you into playoffs. And then acquiring Justin Jefferson, he might help you in playoffs, but again, you have to get there first. So obviously if this is, that's more of a redraft take. If this is dynasty, take, if you haven't tried to trade for Justin Jefferson at this point, I mean, I don't know what you're doing out there in dynasty. This is your one opportunity. You have been blessed with a gift for a potential injury discount, if any manager is even willing to do that. I have him. I'm not trading him. I don't care what's offered. Well, everyone has a price, but 
this is your one gift, right? And, and Ty DeClaire actually posted, go go read that article, fantastic article on Justin Jefferson and, and Dynasty Buying uh, on DestinationDevy.com. Go read that article. Uh, get some intel there. Uh, but yeah, so there's the risks. If you're trying to trade for Justin Jefferson and redraft, there's significant risk that he may not be able to help you until playoffs, but fantasy playoffs, but also the risk that the Vikings could very well shut him down and say, you know, if he's not ready until after the bye, they're, they only have two or three wins. They're two and 10, whatever the record would be, two and 11. Um, there's the risk that he just shuts it down for the rest of the year. So that would be a major bummer. But I, I do think the floor is, you know, four games missed and then potential to return week 10. I do think that's on the table. It just depends on his healing rate. And I, I would put him, as of right now, until I hear more information, I would put him on the Jerry, Judy, Deontay Johnson timeline, which would be roughly about four weeks. Uh, Deontay Johnson, to speak on him, I do believe he's fully ready to go again. I, based on what he was saying, based on some interviews there, it does sound like if the Steelers didn't have a bye week this week, it does sound like he would have been able to play. He'll be eligible to return off IR for week seven. I think he's going to be full go, no limitations. He's had plenty of time to return from this hamstring strain, five weeks. So if you have him, if you've been stashing him, be ready to have those reinforcements week seven from him. And then Nicholas Chubb. Nick Chubb, we still haven't heard yet. I believe his next surgery is going to be over the next couple of weeks to determine if the ACL will be repaired or reconstructed. That will be a huge timeline because as of right now, his meniscus has been repaired, um, but we don't know yet if, so if he gets the ACL repaired, decent chance that he is ready for week one next year. Probably not full go, but at least ready. If he gets it reconstructed, probably won't be really ramped up until about mid-season next year. So, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Keep an eye on my account for any updates there. And yeah, that's uh, that does it for injuries for this week. Again, if you have any questions, reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel. Uh, feel free to DM me on, on X as well at JMThrivePT. And follow that account for live updates on Sunday, Monday, uh, as any injuries occur. All right, thank you and good luck this week. Doctors are just... Doctor's orders.